0: You're tuned in to the Todd Coconato Show, otherwise known as The Remnant, one of the most listened to podcasts in the Christian community. You can visit our website, toddcoconato.com, and now broadcasting live around the world from Music City, USA, Nashville, Tennessee, here's the host of the show, Pastor Todd Coconato. Why is the World Economic Forum concerned about Christians? Why are they having panels and discussions about our Christian faith? Well, today we're going to get into this very important topic that you're probably not hearing anywhere else in the Christian world. Maybe a few people are talking about it. Thank you to those generals out there, those lions that are discussing this. Uh, But we're in a time when Christianity is under attack. And there is an assignment of the enemy to uh, basically squelch and press down biblical morality. Uh, You know, what our nation was founded on, by the way, biblical morality. And, and to push this postmodernism, what Barack Hussein Obama called uh, the new norms. He talked about it a lot, the new norms. He would always say the new norms. No, Barack Obama, we, there are no new norms. There's uh, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is the one and only true God, and he is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and so is his word. So there are not new norms. You would like to have new norms, and that's what's caused our culture and our society to literally go off a moral cliff is the fact that the the church has been uh, lethargic in our response to these matters. And not many people have said much about these subjects that are extremely important for us to address as a Christian community, because culture is downstream from the church. So if we don't address them, then there's a vacuum and what happens is other people come in and of course that's what's happened where the far left and the Communists are now pushing these things in our culture and around the world so the world economic Forum head up uh, it's headed up by Klaus Schwab Klaus Schwab is an openly gay man as far as I know uh, this is also an amoral man is a man that is most likely an atheist or a Satan worshiper I mean I can't say that indefinitely but you would imagine that is probably what he is considering that he does not. He's not a lover of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and therefore he is not given to the Holy Spirit, and therefore he serves uh, mammon, he serves uh, the God of this world, the evil one, Satan, Lucifer, and I believe that is, in fact, who he serves. And so that's a pretty bold statement to say, but would you agree with me? Would you agree that that if you're not given to the Holy Spirit, then you're from another spirit? The Bible says test the spirits, and if you're not in Christ, then you are in you know, the demonic, you're, you're, you're given, you're on your way to hell. I mean, there's, there's only one way or the other. There's, you know, the narrow gate or there's the wide gate. We've talked about that on Friday and uh, a few times recently about the narrow gate and, and you, I hope are a narrow gator. I am a narrow gator. And uh, you know, that means that uh, straight is the way narrow is the gate that leads unto salvation. And that path, by the way, is difficult. It's not easy. A lot of people are teaching Christianity so easy. Oh, you're going to be blessed and highly favored. Well, yes, you will be blessed and highly favored, but you're also going to deal with spiritual warfare. You're going to have people turn against you, accuse you because Satan is the accuser of the brethren. He's a liar. He's a deceiver. He hates Christianity and he hates Christians. And so do those that are given to that Antichrist spirit. And I believe the World Economic Forum is uh, because of many of the practices that they do and things that they stand for are not in alignment with biblical Christianity. In fact, they're opposed to biblical Christianity. So what we're going to be talking about today is there's this group of pastors and leaders, their supposed Christian leaders, that have been engaged with the World Economic Forum. And uh, this is not something that's going to be highly publicized. It'll probably be hard to find the information online. We happen to have a source uh, that gave us this information, but uh, we looked it up and it is credible. And what they're saying is that the World Economic Forum, for quite some time now, has been uh, focused on and is reaching out to certain leaders in the Christian world that they feel have influence that could actually implement their strategies. And so these are useful idiots, uh, for lack of a better term. These are folks that are willing to cave, capitulate, and back down on biblical values. And what the Bible actually says and allow leaven in, the Bible says a little leaven leavens the whole lump, talks about the church of Laodicea, which is the compromised, lukewarm church, Well, I would have to say these are the folks that are going there because a spirit-filled, empowered, on-fire believer of Jesus Christ is not going to want to yoke with the World Economic Forum's agenda, UN Agenda 2030, and all the different things that they're trying to implement. Because we, we, they, whoever the person is, would have the unction of the spirit, the leading of the Holy Spirit to say, hey, this is not holy. This is actually wicked. This is evil, and I can't yoke with these plants. So the only thing that a spirit-filled believer could do, to you know, if they're asked to go, would be to tell them they're wrong and to preach them the gospel. You know, preach the truth of the word of God. They, you know, if I was asked to go to World Economic Forum, would I go? People have asked me this. Well, you know, I don't. I, I probably wouldn't even want to be affiliated. I mean, just just the fact that I'm going there would in, in some way show that I'm legitimizing what they're doing or I'm signing off on it or my participation would mean that I'm, act, you know, I'm actively yoking in some capacity. So most likely I would not go. But if, if they did ask my opinion or they wanted to hear what I had to say, I would share with them from a biblical standpoint why many of the things that they're pushing, in fact, most of what they're pushing goes against the word of God. And so that would be my role is if they asked me my opinion, I would share with them the truth of the word of God. But I would not yoke with them and I would not participate in what they're doing because I could not find in my heart a way to legitimize that or or to to rectify that or to say that that would be okay. It's kind of like um, there's actually been this story in the in the news about a um, I think his name is Alistair. He's a. He's a preacher, uh, he's got an accent. I've heard him on the radio over the years. I don't know much about his ministry, but uh, if you heard the story, it was something along the lines of, you know, he advised somebody that they, it would be okay for them to attend a wedding where the person was marrying a transgender. And it's, it's created some uproar in the Christian community, as it should, because uh, it appears that this gentleman was willing to compromise in his beliefs. In other words, why would you even purchase, why would you go to a wedding where somebody's marrying a transgender person? No. Uh, that, that's just, you're, you're just being there is in many ways, the appearance of evil. It's, it's showing that you're, you're signing off at some capacity that this new person is marrying this, this other person, which, which is outside of, of biblical marriage. And what the Bible signifies as a, as a real marriage between a man and a woman. So, uh, I disagree with the fact that he said that you should go. I, I don't think that you should. Somebody says, well, what if it's your child? Look, you know what, there's, there's just a time when you have to say, no, I do not agree with this. And me being there would be signing off on it. And so I'm sorry, I can't agree. I, you know, I know it's a devastating decision, because you don't want to miss out on what would be a special day, especially if it's your child. But at the same time, you're signing off on something that is evil and setting them up for failure. And if you do that, you're inherently doing a very bad job of parenting by saying, hey, you know what, I'm going to sign off on this. So This is where a lot of people are caving and you even see Christian leaders doing this. And so I would look at any participation in the World Economic Forum unless there was some type of way to redeem it. You know, it just I couldn't really, um, you know, justify me being a part of it because what would happen is that would open me up for attack and it would be an open door. I mean, people would say, well, you know, we want to believe that Pastor Todd is a biblical pastor. And, you know, he's a he's the kind of guy that we should listen to. But, you know, I question the fact that he would go to the World Economic Forum. Right. Exactly. And I would question that, too. Like, just, I mean, people were saying that uh, Vivek Ranswamy, I guess, I think he had at some point gone there. Just the fact that he went there concerned me. Now, people say, well, Donald Trump went there. Yeah, but Donald Trump went there as the head of a state. And Donald Trump went there and literally talked against their agenda. And by the way, he's not a pastor. And he's not really, I mean, he says he's a Christian, but, you know, he's not going there as a representative of the body of Christ. I mean, you know, people have their different opinions of whether he is actually saved or not. I'm not going to go there. Uh, I know he's had many, many people around him that have witnessed to him, and I think the Lord uses him, and I think God's favor has been on him. He's been God's choice. Uh, many people refer to him as like a Cyrus type or the wrecking ball, you know, and, and I think uh, obviously in the upcoming election, he would be my choice and who I will vote, you know, I'll vote for as, as a private citizen. But, you know, uh, that doesn't mean that, you know, it, it's not the same. Like if I were to go to the World Economic Forum for Donald Trump to go, he was the president of the United States at the time. And so it's a little bit different. You know, I would not be going as the president. I would be going as a pastor. And for me, again, that's the appearance of evil. And I would be hanging around a bunch of wicked people. I just don't really see the point of me going, you know, I I avoid stages and conferences where there's people that I don't agree with their doctrine, you know, and so I won't even do that. Um, Sometimes I've gotten, you know, late notice that somebody's going to be there or something. And I ended up having to go and, and, you know, just uh, let people know later that I didn't agree with certain thing or whatever. But you know, it's, it's, life is a minefield these days, but why would you actively participate? So anyway, these pastors participated in this, and uh, apparently there were three areas, three areas that these pastors um, were told to go back and speak against. And so when we come back in the next segment, I'm going to go through these three areas that these pastors from the World Economic Forum, they had this meeting, and, and apparently, you know, it's one of these, um, you know, it was maybe a sidebar meeting or some type of meeting that is affiliated or connected with the World Economic Forum with these leaders. And you can go on their site and see that they've had uh, certain events for religion and things like that. So they're, they're definitely looking at Christianity and seeing how they can compromise it. And so we're going to get into three areas when we come back. And you won't believe this. And again, you're not going to be hearing this reported pretty much anywhere but you will hear it here and so this is important that you know this stay tuned this is the Todd Coconato show we have a new app and the app is the Todd Coconato Ministries app it's in the Apple store it's in the Google store it's on Amazon it's on Roku TV download the app and we'll be right back All right, welcome back to the Todd Coconato Show. Pastor Todd Coconato here. Thank you for tuning in today, by the way. So glad that you're here. I appreciate that you tune in. That means you're a truth seeker and you want to know what's going on. You're a watchman on the wall. We are the remnant, you know, the, the Gideon's 300, those that are willing to stand in this incredible hour that we're alive. What a time to be alive. And so anyway, I was kind of just going off a little bit on... The World Economic Forum, why I wouldn't attend in the first segment. Uh, But, you know, what I was talking about is there's three areas that these globalists are focusing in on the church. And I found this to be quite interesting. And I was uh, speaking with some high-level people uh, this last week on some of these matters, and we had some really interesting discussions. But so the three areas, let's just get into these three areas. Number one is healing. So the World Economic Forum and those affiliated with that organization, it's a globalist organization, some, something about healing ministry they don't like. Isn't that, what, what a surprise, right? What a surprise. So, so they don't like healing. So in other words, uh, you know, they believe that miracles don't happen anymore. Well, That sounds like some other people in the body of Christ that I know that say that the, the uh, miracles ceased with the last apostle, remember? But, but I would always say I can't agree with that because my life is a miracle. I was stabbed nine times, for those of you that know my testimony. And so how could I say that God doesn't do miracles when in the ministry we've seen hundreds, probably thousands of miracles over the last 27 years or so? And so it would just be hard for me to possibly say that there are no miracles that are happening today. Clearly they are. God is in the miracle working business. And by the way, he heals. He heals sicknesses. He heals diseases. Uh, I've seen this firsthand. We, we just got a report, as a matter of fact, today at the ministry of somebody that was healed with, from cancer uh, at an event that, you know, a, a meeting that we had, and it wasn't by my power. I didn't do it. But I did pray in faith, and apparently the Holy Spirit, uh, God, healed this person from cancer. So miracles happen all the time. And uh, the World Economic Forum and those globalists that are affiliated with this organization—they don't want you to know that God is still in the miracle-working business; that He's a healer. So apparently, they've sent these—you uh, know—these pastors. It's kind of like these uh, Christians against Trump, and you know some of these organizations that are out there. Uh, Which you you just say well either you just lack total you know have no discernment at all and you don't know the scripture and so you're willing to just be uh, completely uh, blind or you knowingly know scripture and you knowingly know that what you're doing is wrong and that's even worse in my opinion because you are basically a traitor and you know you, you have a price you're a Judas you know so. Um, you know, because you can't align with the murder of the innocent, which I mean abortion. You can't align with abortion. You can't align with the globalist you know, agenda, the new world order and all their evil demonic plans. And many of them are very overt and in our face these days. But yet some people, I guess they just choose to be uninformed. I don't know. I was just talking with Eric Metaxas, who's on my show this week, and we were talking about Bonhoeffer and how Bonhoeffer in Nazi Germany, you know, 1930s was sounding the alarm. He was trying to wake folks up and explain to them what was happening. But a lot of pastors, a lot of Christians didn't want to get involved. They just said, you know, it doesn't, you know, pertain to me and I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. I'm not going to ruffle any feathers. Romans 13, you know, stay out of government. And unfortunately, that is what led up to the Holocaust. So, uh, you know, we're, we're in another similar type of period right now. Anybody with an unction of the Spirit, with the the discernment of the Holy Spirit, can sense that we're in a very troubling time, that uh, there's going to be some hard times ahead, that there's some potential for many different things to happen. And, but, you know, the good side of that is as we stay in the Lord and in His Holy Spirit, I believe we're in an arc of safety and protection and the, the Bible says that he's with us until the end of the age, that he will never leave us and he'll never forsake us. So we can't get fearful, uh, but yet we have to understand and determine the battle that we're in, which is a spiritual battle. Very much so. So, um, you know, healing, you know, they're saying it's not happening. So they want they want to ridicule. Actually, part of what the World Economic Forum wants people to do is to ridicule online people that believe in healing. In other words, if you believe that God is in the miracle business and the healing business, you're actually considered to be crazy or some type of conspiracy person or, um, you know, you're, you're preaching a, a wrong version, an incorrect version of Christianity, which is untrue because the Bible says by his stripes, we are healed. Um, there's many different scriptures and we'll get into this in the last segment of the show that talk about healing and that the gifts are for today. So um, that's number one. Number two is they want to get, speak against prosperity. Now, I'm not talking about prosperity where, you know, everybody should be uh, having their own private jet and live in a big mansion and all that. That's, you know, and again, I'm not against that if the Lord blesses you financially and you're a kingdom builder and you happen to have nice things. But, you know, what the Bible does say is don't make an idol of these things. But what the World Economic Forum wants, they they don't want tithing, they don't want gifting. Uh, you know, they, they basically want to stifle the funding behind the church, which is, uh, you know, found in Malachi and then several places in the New Testament about God loving a cheerful giver, and you can't give God, and the fact that, you know, we should be givers. We, you know, we need to give our first fruits to the Lord. That's actually a biblical concept, and it will bring you blessing, and the Lord even says, test me in this, right? And I'm going to tell you, I used to not tithe when I was a newer believer, and for many years I was in a poverty mentality And I was thousands and thousands of, you know, double-digit debt in, you know, about $50,000 in credit card debt at one point. I think my worst point. Insane. I mean, when you think about $50,000, that's a lot of credit card debt. The Lord got me out of that. And you know how I got out of that is I was a giver. I became a giver. I understood and grasped the understanding and the biblical concept of tithing. And when I did that, uh, the curse on my finances was removed and the Lord started blessing me. And I started realizing that I actually can't outgive God. Like, the more I give, the more money came, uh, the more I was blessed, and it just continued down that direction, and it still continues that way today. So whenever I'm in a bind or we're having a month where, you know, we're not having a good month financially here at the ministry or whatever, um, you know, I'm going to let you in on something I actually give because that opens the floodgates, and it happens every time. I mean, I'll, I'll write a check uh, to another ministry or give to somebody, and the next thing you know, the Lord is blessing me with something uh, abundantly, even exceedingly of what I just gave. In fact, we literally just did this. I was just down in Florida and, uh, you know, felt led to give a gift to a ministry down there, came home, and what I had given to the ministry was doubled in, in my mailbox. I mean, literally, there was a check. So just, just goes to show you this concept works. Well, So the World Economic Forum doesn't want Christians to give. So you'll see online these uh, social media platforms and many of the deep state players on them and people that are out there uh, working and doing the bidding of the enemy want to tell you don't give don't give that's that's wrong that's not biblical you know actually this is what it really says you know in misinterpreting scripture so number one they don't want you to know about healing because you can actually get healing the bible says lay hands on the sick and they will be healed don't forsake the assembly together the brethren when you come together you exhort you encourage one another and by the way you lay hands on the sick and guess what they will recover that's what the scripture says if it's god's will of course you know but we have to believe in faith that that's what God's doing and that he has the ability to do that if that's his will. Well, the other part is giving, you know, so that the World Economic Forum doesn't want the church to be funded. Well, does that surprise you when you look at C-19 and everything that happened during that period of time? Uh, who were the ones that were bold? The lions and the generals within the church, those pastors that said, hey, we're not shutting down. We are essential. Uh, you, this is government overreach. This is tyranny. And we're not going to we're not going to capitulate to this. So those were the heroes. Now many of you also stood up at your job. I know uh, law enforcement that did, military people that did, many of you did, nurses and doctors, and you said we're also going to stand up. And for a season, you went through it, didn't you? I know you did because thousands of you reached out to us at that time. You know you you wrote letters and 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 so we were we were in the battle with you. So listen, I got to take a break. Uh, coming coming up next, we're going to get into these three areas. And then towards the end of the show, I'm going to talk about, from a biblical, biblical perspective, what we can do. Stay tuned. All right, welcome back to the Todd Coganato Show, otherwise known as The Remnant. We're so thankful that you're here. And um, this is just, it just blew my mind when I heard about this, that the World Economic Forum and the globalists and the elites are targeting the church, and they're looking at three different areas, three different areas where they can change, at least they want to, they're they're trying, we know the scripture is the same yesterday, today, and forever, they're trying to change Christianity, and what I believe they want to do is to neutralize us, they want to, they want to try to make us weak, and so they found these three areas, and I just thought these three areas were so interesting, so the first one was uh, healing. You know, so they don't—they don't want us to believe that the gifts are for today. They want to believe that God is out—you know—us to believe that God is out of the healing uh, business, the miracle business, that He doesn't do it anymore, which is completely nonsense. And the Bible is very clear about this. That then number two is in our giving, in our tithes and offerings, and in prosperity. They, they do not want the church to prosper. They want people of God to be in a poverty mentality. And so they're rewriting the scripture, they're, they're interpreting it in a way that they want to make it look like we should not prosper, uh, but instead we should be, you know, basically just really super poor and not able to do anything. Well, if you think about that, they, they target the church because during C-19, and I think I might have mentioned this, but who were the people that were standing? It was, it was the lions and generals, the pastors that said, hey, we're not shutting down. We're not shutting down. We're gonna we're gonna stay open because church is essential. In fact, without the church, this nation wouldn't even be here, you know. And so we're gonna we're gonna stay. We're gonna stay open, and we're gonna push back because the Bible says, "Do not forsake the assembling together of the brethren." Many of those churches that did take did take that stand uh, prospered. <laughs> Interestingly enough, right? they grew. Um, their ministries grew. They were blessed by God, and even though they had to deal with uh, stress and persecution during that time, uh, afterwards, the Lord blessed them for being like Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego and not uh, bowing down to Nebuchadnezzar. So thank you to the pastors and leaders and those of you that stood during that very important time. And by the way, that will happen again at some point in some way, shape, or form where they will try to close down churches. And at that time, once again, pastors are going to have to say, no, we will stay open. But they might make it illegal. They might Come after us even harder than last time. Will we be willing to stand in that time? Well, if you didn't stand last time, uh, I sure hope that you're going to stand this time. But you're you're likely not. Um, so it's those that that had the chutzpah, the tenacity to say, "Hey, we're not we're not going to cave. You know, we're going to keep the church open, or we're going to reopen here real quick. We're not we're not going to shut down, stay shut down, because we believe that the church is such an important aspect of our society." And without it, that we can't, we can't function. See, they're trying to push us away from everything God, you know, take God off of our, our bills, you know, the dollar. I mean, they're, they're, you know, they want to do that. I've heard, I've heard people say that they've, they've taken down. I mean, think of all the statues where the uh, 10 commandments used to be and so many different places that they've taken down around the country. Think about prayer. In the schools, you know, think about all the different things that used to happen in our society that no longer do. And as a result, how we've gone off the moral cliff, uh, you know, hypothetically here, uh, we have, you know, we've gone off the. The moral abyss, you know, where are i mean, look at people; don't even know what gender they are anymore. I mean, there's total confusion. Our cities have are riddled with crime. Our borders are being overrun. Um, you know, our nation is really in a jeopardy—you know, a major jeopardy right now. We're, we're, we don't even know what's going to happen in this election. And many of you understand that. You understand this urgency. And so, uh, here they're trying to neuter the church. They're spay, they're trying to span neuter the church, like make us just be where we have no no power. No, you know. So take away the healing take away the miracles oh and take away prosperity, take away the, the the fact that people tithe you know don't allow tithes and offerings you know that consider that to be against the Word of God when it's not. so so think about that you put a curse on your finances you know you believe that God's not in the miracle working business anymore so then you have to rely on government and big pharma and all these other things because well if God can't heal me who can right? Well, oh, I better rely on government. I better rely on big pharma. I better rely on government to protect me because God's not in the miracle working business. See, see how this works? Well, there's a third area. And the third one, so uh, one was, you know, the prosperity of the church in tithes and offering. In other words, the funding behind the church. Uh, the other one, and I'm sure you've seen videos where people are falling into this because this is propaganda. They're being propagandized. Uh, just like people are saying that, oh, well, the Bible doesn't really say that you can't marry same sex. No, it actually does. It, it's very clear about it. Man shall not lie with man. They're changing scripture. They're cha- that's why I say you should have a hard Bible, because I think on some of these apps, they're going to start changing uh, whole, whole sentences. I think it's already happening, as a matter of fact, in, in some of these translations where they're taking key elements of our doctrine, our beliefs out, and they're changing words around. And so that's why it's good to have a hard copy of the Bible. And, and I, I tell our church, bring a hard copy. Like that should be the culture at our church. It should, I believe that. Right. So, uh, yeah, healing and, and, and tithes and offerings. And then the third one, and some of you are not going to agree with this, but I'm going to say it anyway, is, is speaking in tongues that there's, there's an all out assault on your spiritual language. People say, well, you know, there has to be an interpretation. Yes. Uh, the Bible does talk about that in the, in the, in the form of a corporate tongue, but there's also a spiritual language where we pray in a way that sometimes we don't know how to pray. And so we pray in our heavenly language. And this is a very normal uh, mainstream view in the charismatic movement, the Pentecostal movement. So it's not, it's not like some weird thing. But because of the times that we're in and the fact that there's a rise in the spirit of Antichrist, all of a sudden people are thinking, "Oh, well, these things are weird. You know, we don't want them in our church. So therefore, they, they constrict a move of God. They literally uh, quench the spirit. And I've had bullies very, you know, there's a religious spirit, I believe it's religious spirit, that wants to quench the spirit. It's a spirit of antichrist. And so, okay, don't believe in gifts. Don't believe in healing. Don't believe that the Lord can do miracles. Oh, by the way, don't tithe. Don't tithe to your church. Then your church isn't going to have funding, Okay. And uh, and I believe God will still provide to the remnant in some way, shape or form. But you got you to think outside of the box. You got to ask the Lord for wisdom and strategy, uh, because, you know, we believe multiple revenue streams and alternative ecosystems and things that we talk about a lot on the show. But regardless, the devil doesn't want the church funded. You understand what I'm saying? There can be guys on the left. No one says a thing. Guys like George Soros, endless money, you know, the cabal and the people you know, the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers and all these people funding. Uh, you know, just in, in exorbitant amounts, I mean, insane amounts, all these leftist organizations, NGOs, you know, what's happening at the border, things like that. The pink hat girls, you know, all that stuff, all, all those things that they've done in the last election and everything that you remember these last, you know, five, six years they are funded. Who's funding them? So there's funding on the on the side of darkness. But then on the church side, they say, oh, don't fund the church. Don't fund the church. So they want us to just have no funding and then we're in a poverty mentality. So isn't doesn't it make sense why the enemy would want this, if you think about it? And then the third one is speaking in tongues. And they, they people say, well, I don't speak in tongues. Look, I'm not going to say that you're not going to go to heaven if you don't speak in tongues. That's not what the Bible says. I believe that you can be saved and not speak in tongues. But that doesn't mean that we don't believe in tongues. We do believe in tongues. I believe in tongues and speaking in tongues. And so... So let's get into, I'm going to try to cover for the rest of the show, the remainder of the show here, and we got about seven minutes or six minutes left in this segment, and then uh, we got about 10 minutes in the last segment. I want to cover so you understand the significance from a biblical perspective, all three of these areas, because if you understand it, you're going to understand why the devil wants to shut these down, and you, you look at the spirit behind all these things. So when the Bible says test the spirits, you've got to look at the spirit behind. What is the spirit behind Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum? What is the spirit behind th- this agenda, UN Agenda 2030, and some of the wicked things that we've been uncovering in recent episodes here? What, what, what is the agenda? Well, the spirit behind it is not holy. It's not the Holy Spirit. Therefore, it is a spirit of antichrist. It is not the, it is not the Holy Spirit. So we test the spirits and we say, Holy Spirit, is this you? Is this agenda you is what's going on here you and then when the Holy Spirit speaks us says no it's not me and then we of course we look at the word because the word is the way that we understand how God thinks and how he speaks and so the word of God so you look at the word of God you, you listen to the Holy Spirit you're led by the Holy Spirit and then you test the spirits and you know this is not of God so if it's not of God then clearly it's of the enemy. And if it's of the enemy, then we have to understand the strategy here. You understand what I'm saying? And so this, this is a way that we can be set up for success by saying, okay, clearly there's an agenda here, but we're going to go against this agenda in Jesus' name, right? So, all right, let's look at number one, why there are still miracles today. Well, of course, I told you my own testimony, how I was stabbed nine times, one in the heart, and the Lord spared my life. Thank you, Jesus. And that's really how the ministry birthed. And uh, you can listen to my, I have a online, you know, just go to Todd Coconato Testimony and uh, you will see that I have my, testimony, my full testimony online if you never heard it. Okay, so number one, God's nature as a healer. It's literally his nature to be a healer. God's nature is revealed throughout the Bible as healer. He's a healer. He often is referred to as Jehovah Rapha, which means the Lord who heals. And you can go back all the way to Exodus, Exodus, the book of Exodus 15, 26, where it literally says, I am the Lord who heals you. So God is a healer. Number two, Jesus had a healing ministry. Of course, he still does. The gospels are full of accounts of Jesus healing the sick, casting out demons, performing miracles. Um, He set precedent for miraculous healings. Can we say that? Yes, he did. Uh, Acts, this is the New Testament. Uh, chapter 10, verse 38, uh, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and now he went around doing and healing, uh, doing good and healing all those who were under the power of the devil because God is with him. God, I mean, he you know, was fully God, fully man. Jesus is God. Uh, and he went around healing people. So, you know, people say, well, what would Jesus do? What did Jesus do? He healed. He healed the sick, and the Bible says we would be able to do these things and even greater things. So, um, we as believers in Jesus Christ, not only should believe in healing, but we should be performing healing through the power of the Holy spirit. And we should have the faith to do that. We should, we should believe that God, you are willing and able. And I'm going to tell you, when you do that, you watch and you see what God does. And he may not do it every single time, but he does do it. And he does miraculous things that you cannot explain that have to be miracles, so yes, he's still in the healing business, uh, commissioned to heal and cast out demons. Number three, Jesus commissioned his disciples to heal the sick and cast out demons in his name, demonstrating that miraculous signs would continue. Where do you find that? It's in Mark 16, 17 through 18, Mark 16, 17 through 18. And these signs will accompany those who believe in my name. They will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands and will drink uh, deadly poison, and it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people, and the people will get well. They will be healed. That's Mark 16, 17 through 18. Wow. I mean, there's a lot that's being said right there, right? So we're going to cast out demons in the name of Jesus. We do it. Uh, by the way, we'll speak in new tongues. For anybody that's got a problem with that, they will speak in new tongues, and we'll get into that a little bit more in just a minute. And then there's the gifts of the Holy Spirit, number f- uh, four, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the New Testament highlights the gifts of the Holy Spirit, including the gift of healing and working of miracles as being available to believers. It's straight out. Like you can't, there's no way to disagree. It's in the scripture. First Corinthians twelve nine says this to another faith and by the same spirit and to another gifts of healing by that one spirit. So hello, that's the Holy Spirit that there is a gift of healing. And therefore, I mean, think about my friend, Mario Morello. He's got a healing ministry and people are healed. Uh, we see it in the ministry here at the remnant. I mean, people are healed constantly. I believe God's given us a healing ministry. In fact, we, the, the original name of the ministry was Leaves of Healing. It's a healing ministry. We believe in healing. Uh, number five, examples of the apostles' healing ministry. Throughout the book of Acts, the apostles continued to heal the sick and perform miracles in the name of Jesus. Uh, Acts 3 6 through 7 says, Then Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk taking by him the right hand and helped him up. Instantly, the man's feet and ankles became strong. Hallelujah. All right, we're going to get into these three areas, why the World Economic Forum are liars and why this is absolutely something the church still should be doing, healing, uh, paying tithes and offerings to God, giving your your first fruits to the Lord, and then, of course, uh, so much more. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Todd Coconato show, otherwise known as the remnant. We're so thankful that you tuned in today. Please make sure you visit our app, brand new app in the app store under Todd Coconato ministries. It's also available on your Roku TV and Amazon and so many more. So you can get the Todd Coconato app and it's like, it's like having a free version of Netflix without having all the demonic programming. (laughs) So, uh you can watch our broadcast, listen to our broadcasts, and we're so thankful. I was in a hotel in Florida the other day, and I turned on iTunes. Uh, no, actually, it had the option for iHeartRadio, and it had the option for Spotify, and it had the option for YouTube, and I was on all three of them. I said, wow, this is amazing. So you can now stream uh, this broadcast from your hotel room. So um, the Lord is making a way where it seemed like there was no way. We were getting censored like crazy online. By the way, thank you for Real Talk Radio for also putting us on here. And we're in a prime spot. I love the Ellis family. And please support Real Talk Radio, by the way. Uh, they're an amazing broadcaster, and they carry our show. So thank you. Um, I was getting into a little bit more on healing, and then we're going to go into why speaking in tongues is important. Uh, the last one on healing, prayer for healing. The Bible encourages believers, number six, to pray for the healing of the sick, expressing faith that God can intervene miraculously. Yes, we believe this, and it says it in Scripture, in James 5, 14, through 15. It says, Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of Jesus. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well, and the Lord will raise them up. So it's very, very like there's no argument here. For those that are saying the gifts are not for today and that Jesus is not in the healing business, I mean, clearly it says it right here. This is New Testament, James 5 14 through 15. So the World Economic Forum does not want us doing, you know, performing miraculous healings in the name of Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. Well, guess what? <laughs> We're going to do it. We're going to do it anyway. Uh, but it's, isn't it interesting that they want the powerless church, just like the church of England or the church in China, that's the state church. They don't want the empowered spirit filled church because they know that's where the power is. And those are the, the, the people of God, us, that have the authority in Jesus' name to pull down the strongholds, amen? So, okay, let's get into the second topic here that the World Economic Forum doesn't want you to do, and that is to be prosperous and to tithe. So let's talk about that from a scriptural standpoint. Where does it say that we should tithe? Okay, so I'm gonna get through this kind of quick here. Number one is God's ownership. The Old Testament emphasizes that God is the ultimate owner of everything and offering first fruits and tithes acknowledges his ownership. Where do you find this in scriptural? It's in Leviticus, which is in the Old Testament, 27. Thirty, It says a tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees belongs to the Lord. It is holy unto the Lord. It is your first fruits offering. And that includes financial uh, with money as well. Provision and blessing, number two, the act of tithing is linked to God's promise of provision and blessing to those who faithfully give. Uh, this is found in Malachi 3.10. It says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be found food in my house. Test me in this. So the Lord actually says, test me in this and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. So it is about, it's linked to provision And blessing it is linked to provision and blessing. Number three, supporting free priests and Levites. Supporting priests and Levites in the Old Testament, tithes were used to support the priests and the Levites who served in the tabernacle or the temple, emphasizing the importance of financially supporting. A ministry, the church, in Numbers uh, eighteen twenty-one, uh, it says this, I give to the Levites all the tithes in Israel as their inheritance in return for the work they do while serving at the tent meeting. Uh, so, hey, it's pretty clear, right? Let's get in the New Testament case. Uh, so for our continued generosity, number one, the New Testament encourages believers to continue giving generously, reflecting the principles of first fruits and tithing. Uh, a scripture you can look into is 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 7. This is in the New Testament. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 7. It says, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly under compulsion for God loves a cheerful giver. And you will find that people that give are blessed uh, financially. Uh, It's just, you know, my mom was a giver and my dad wasn't, but because she was a giver in the home, the Lord blessed the home. And so uh, some of you may be one spouse that gives and maybe your husband or your wife doesn't agree with you, but if you give, As the family, you will still receive the blessings of the Lord on your household. It's very important because if you don't do that, there will be a curse, I believe, on your finances according to what the scripture says. It's not not me that's saying it, it's what the scripture says. So stewardship and faithfulness, Believers, number, number two, are seen as stewards of God's resources, and giving is an expression of faithfulness and trust in God's provision. You could look at Luke 16.10. Uh, it says, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much, and whoever is dishonest with very little also will be dishonest with, must, uh, with much. Number three, supporting ministry and needs. The New Testament emphasizes supporting ministry and meeting the needs of the church and others. In Acts 4.32-35, uh, Acts 4.32-35, uh, it says, All believers were in one heart and minded, and no one claimed that any of the, their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had, and there were no needy people among them. And then, of course, we want to honor God. Number four, uh, giving includes tithing as a way of honoring and worshiping God with our finances and resources, and you can find that in Proverbs uh, 3 9 through 10. It says, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops, and then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. So, in both the New and the Old Testaments, the principles of offering first fruits and tithing are rooted in recognizing God's ownership, trusting in His provision, supporting ministry and those in need, and honoring God through faithful stewardship. And so, these are very important principles. And of course, The World Economic Forum does not want you to be blessed in these areas. Very, very, very obvious, right? Okay, the last one now. So we talked about healing. We talked about tithes. And then there was a third area which they uh, don't want us to believe, and that is speaking in tongues. Why is that important for a believer? Well, we're going to lay it out right now. Let's do it. So number one, personal edification. Believers often view speaking in tongues as a means of personal and spiritual edification, or strengthening, we see it as a way to build a deeper connection with God, enhance our prayer life. Uh, the scripture to go along with that is First Corinthians fourteen four. It says, "Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves." So it's it talks about edification. You know, when 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 you think about encouraging yourself in Christ, well, there you go. You're speaking in tongues. There's edification that happens along with that, according to First Corinthians fourteen four. Uh, prayer and communication with God. Uh, we believe that speaking in tongues. Allows us to uh, pray in a more direct and intimate way with God, especially when you don't know how to pray. So a scripture that goes along with this is 1 Corinthians fourteen two, And it says, for anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people, but to God. So this is not the kind of tongue where there needs to be interpretation. This is a heavenly language. And that's why I say there's a corporate tongue, and then they're speaking in a heavenly language, speaking in tongues. So uh, you don't need to speak in tongues in order to be saved. But if you are continuing to go deeper in your walk with Christ, then there is a real possibility that the gift of tongues may be given to you. I believe if you desire it, the Lord will give it to you. I truly do, and I I do speak in tongues, and I believe it. It's a very big part of my prayer life. And if you don't do it again, there's nothing wrong with you. But I would say if you have a desire. To go deeper in your prayer life and become an intercessor, and have uh, you know just a, an active and a powerful prayer life, I think you should seek tongues and ask the Lord to give you tongues. Uh, number three is when you're dealing with spiritual warfare. Speaking in tongues is seen as a form of spiritual warfare, where believers use this gift to intercede for others, confront spiritual forces, and overcome challenges. Boy, isn't that the truth? Uh, Ephesians six eight is the scripture. I'm sorry, Ephesians six eighteen. Ephesians 618, it says, and pray in the spirit on all occasions uh, with all kinds of prayer and requests with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. So it's saying praying in the spirit. And one of the ways you can pray in the spirit is in your heavenly language. Because again, going back to first Corinthians fourteen two it says for anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people, but to God, it's a form of prayer. And then, of course, number four, there's the gift of the Holy Spirit. Uh, we believe the ability to speak in tongues is considered one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We can get into those some more, as mentioned in the New Testament. And believers seek this gift as a manifestation of the Spirit's presence and empowerment. And that's in 1 Corinthians 12.10. 1 Corinthians 12.10, it says, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues. It's a gift a gift of the Spirit, and I've gone through the gifts of the Spirit before in previous teachings you can find on my podcast, by the way. Um, Spiritual connection, number five, speaking in tongues is viewed as a way to connect with the spiritual realm, the heavenly realm, uh, and go into the courts of heaven, experience the presence of the Holy Spirit in a tangible and personal manner. Well, how do we know this? Well, in Acts 2, 4, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in what? other tongues as the spirit enabled them. So uh, lastly, it's a witness, an evangelism. Some Christians believe that the gift of tongues can be used as a sign for non-believers. I believe that. Acts 2, 6-11, through 11, the account of the day of Pentecost where people from various nations heard the disciples speaking in their own languages. So it's clear why the World Economic Forum wants to take away these things. These are big elements of the power and the tools that God has given us to stand as a believer in Christ in this late hour. We will not let them take away the gift of tongues, the gift of giving and being prosperous in Christ, and the gift of healing. Because these are all very powerful aspects of our walk in Jesus Christ. Hey, did you get something from today's broadcast? I hope you did. Let me know at pastortod.org pastortodd.org. We bless you in Jesus' name. Hey, thank you, everybody, for tuning in to today's broadcast. Isn't it crazy what's going on in our world? Thank God we have each other. Wherever there's a remnant, it means God is not done moving. And I believe God is on the move right now. He says he's with us until the end of the age. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. And he tells us to occupy until he comes. Well, that's what we're doing here at the broadcast. If you feel led to support this program, we certainly need your help. Uh, please pray about becoming a monthly partner. You can go to pastortod.org or toddcoconato.com. You can also download our brand new app, Todd Coconato Ministries, on Google Play, on the Apple Store, and Amazon, on Roku and help support the work that God is doing here. Thank you so much. We appreciate you. We'll see you soon. God bless.